Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is a ZZ podcast, and this is our second video episode. And it's also my pretty much second, if not well, yeah, third second episode in English. And I have my guest here, Ryan Scalia, with me. Hi, Ryan. How are you? Good. Very good. Hey, so uh, thanks for coming. I'm actually gonna like turn to you like this because this is like the yeah. first time. I'm not even sure. Like we're like looking at our reflection here, so I'm not sure like where do I supposed to look. But I'm gonna look at you so that we actually have like a real conversation, yeah. and then it, it will sort of look like we're actually talking um, with each other, not with the not with the screen. So, anyways, you're such a huge guy. You know, you're um, in boxing. Everyone knows you. The first time I heard about you was from Doug Fisher. And uh, Doug Fisher, the editor-in-chief of the Ring magazine, you know, super like the walking boxing encyclopedia, very respectable guy in the boxing industry. And he always refers to you once we talk about amateurs, once we talk about prospects, especially from Central Asia, especially from Russia. Like he says, like, this guy knows everything. And then, you know, I followed you on Twitter and, you know, we sort of like uh, sometimes, you know, tweeted each other and all of that. And and uh, we finally met yesterday yeah. in, in Canada. I'm in Canada and, this, and you're a Canadian yes. and you're based out of Canada. So uh, this is very exciting. I'm very excited about this. Yeah, you know, the funny thing is like... The only reason I'm here today recording this podcast, I was already supposed to be on a plane uh, back home, and uh, the travel agent messed my uh, flight up. It was supposed to be today, but the travel agent booked it on Tuesday, so I woke up. Actually, I didn't wake up because I didn't go to bed. <laughs> I um, still I still think you just missed your flight, man. You, you're still not nah, telling nah. <laughs> You farted so, way too hard yesterday. <laughs> so 4.30 a.m., I was trying to check into my flight, and... Uh, it wasn't working. I tried like three times mm -hmm. and I'm like, am I still drunk or something? <laughs> and, but so it ended up that the flight was on Tuesday and it wasn't mm -hmm. today, mm -hmm. but it was supposed to be today. The, but mm -hmm. I, I never noticed it until the, the morning up. So that's why I'm here today. Yeah. I just randomly texted you about some, some boxing thing this morning and you're like, Hey, like I'm, um, I'm still in Toronto. I'm staying here. Like, and, and I'm like, yeah, come over. So, by the way, for those who don't know, this is my apartment here in Toronto. So, um, if you're a friend of mine, or if you heard about me, and you go to boxing events, you can uh, say hi. Maybe even you will have the privilege of crashing at my place. But I have specifically bought a bed for you today. That that's how we treat guests in Kazakhstan, and that's how we treat treat guests here. You just got to give me one of those robes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which which robes? Like the 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 one the Triple G wears. Yeah, you know, like with the full hat oh, and the, everything. Well, the full hat is a special one. You have to really deserve the full hat. Okay. <laughs> I'll work my way up to <laughs> For sure, man, for sure. Um, but yeah, man, tell me about yourself. Again, you know, this uh, for those who are watching this and expecting some like crazy like inside boxing content, that's it's definitely not it. This is not like a hardcore boxing podcast. You know, I'm in boxing. I love boxing, but I, I consider myself a, a still a, a ca casual fan. And I feel like that's one of my powers to be a casual fan so that I actually can see things in boxing as a casual fan, yeah. um, which is good for, for business, I think, to, to, to know the big picture without actually getting into this nitty gritties. But anyway, so I just want to talk about, you know, generally stuff i want to talk about your interests i want to ask you how you started you know how how come you are so popular amongst the boxing hardcore uh industry people and uh how it all started so tell me about your first interest with boxing first interest with boxing probably was mma okay as you know that's pretty unconventional mm -hmm. as a route into boxing but I, probably when i was like 14 years old uh, i really got hardcore into mma and uh kickboxing muay thai and all that so stuff. you actually you actually did that you actually went and you know yeah, muay, thai and, muay thai and kickboxing yeah 
uh-huh. that you know had some really small time fights, like a handful of them. You know, never a serious fighter or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, trained BJJ wrestling, all that kind of stuff. And then I guess uh, when I was 15, I went to the boxing gym mm-hmm. for uh, the first time. My friend was a fighter and uh, trained there for a bit, but uh, again, wasn't really serious. So how did that happen? So your friend was a fighter, and, uh, your friend was a fighter, and you said he said like, "Hey, like, come to my gym, let's train together." Yeah, like we ju- we just used to like spar in the basement in the backyard and all that all that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. then damn that's hardcore yeah. like i don't know yeah, not really uh but yeah then we just went, went to the gym you know i wasn't that serious about it it was more uh-huh. hanging out than uh-huh. it was training but you were already like in the know like you yeah you were... that's when i started like following it right the uh, professionals or like how it's actually supposed to be yeah that's when i really started following uh boxing And I probably didn't get like super serious about it until I was like 18 or 19. I'm I'm 25 mm-hmm. now. Do you remember the boxer that you were following at the beginning? Like, was it like Pacquiao? Pacquiao. Okay, so yeah. he was the guy. Like, you were really watching him. I remember probably the first big fight that I really got you know anticipated for was Pacquiao De Loya, mm-hmm. and uh, it's crazy because what that's like 11 years ago now, 12 years ago, mm-hmm. something like that. So you know, mm-hmm. like I said, I'm 25. I'm Not right. very old. Haven't right. been around for. Uh, It's all good. I'm I'm a, I'm a couple of years old, yeah. older than you, so we're pretty much the same age, which yeah. is pretty cool. That's what I said yesterday. Like, yeah. hey, like usually the guys that I meet in boxing, they're like freaking. It can be my grandfather's, you know. Yeah, But exactly. It's finally nice to see someone on the business side who is my age. So that's that's great to see that generation. Yeah, yeah for sure, and I guess it, it kind of developed for there. You know, when I was like 16 or mm-hmm. 17 years old, I was like hardcore into mm-hmm. Muay Thai and kickboxing. I was even like. Right writing articles online for uh yeah okay so yeah when i was like 16 or 17 Mm -hmm. i was hardcore into kickboxing and muay thai i did uh i wrote articles on this website liverkick.com which was like the biggest kickboxing website wait so how old were you like 16 or 17 and how come you decided to write an article like was that like uh oh i don't know the guy i mean that's like hard i don't know writing an article yeah i was just like talking with a guy on twitter every day and he's like oh you're smart you should come right from my site uh-huh. and all that stuff so i did that and then i was kind of putting together uh a record records database mm-hmm. like uh kind of wikipedia for uh kickboxing stuff it's like a box rig, but but for for uh, kickboxing yeah that's kind of what i was doing mm-hmm. but uh, then i kind of lost interest in that and mm-hmm. uh really move towards boxing as my main focus you know but that was like still just a hobby like you were just like following it or you actually like oh shit like i'm, I'm gonna get it you know when way. i was like when i was like funny enough when i was like 16 i still thought i could be a professional fighter and uh-huh. you know i'm not uh, uh i'm i still think i could do a few pro fights in the future you nice. know cause just because i want that experience uh-huh. you know because i feel like It would help like, you out. Yeah, I feel like if yeah. I did a a few pro fights, I would just learn so much and have a better understanding yeah. of uh, you know this whole game. So, yeah, main thing is I just got to get in shape. You know that that's that's the main thing. You know I are, you know I wouldn't say I'm good or anything, but I know I know how to box. I know, I know right. how to fight. Right. And uh, all that. So mm-hmm. yeah, that could be interesting. But when I was sixteen, seventeen, I still thought I could be a fighter. Um, 
thought I could make a living as a fighter uh-huh. and all that. Like I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna move to Thailand and and uh, yeah, but you know, I just kept procrastinating on that and it never happened. Uh-huh. When I was like 18, 19, I got that's really, a hardcore dream though. Like yeah, move yeah. to Thailand, freaking fight yeah. people and like make your living that way. Like fuck. Yeah, but like. When I was like 18, 19, I got really serious about Muay Thai and kickboxing. That's when I had, uh, you know, a handful of, you know, some local, local fights. Uh-huh. And, uh, that's pretty much when I learned, you know, what I know, uh, when I learned how to fight, basically. Right. Cause everything I was doing before wasn't even serious. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, yeah, I did that probably for like 18 months serious. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the gym shut down. And uh, I I just stayed uh, hitting the heavy bag in my garage. And mm-hmm. so I didn't really continue serious training after that. You know, that reminds me, like, I, I used to do rugby. And uh, I, was, I was in the 10th grade, I think. And uh, at some point, they broke my nose. Oh, yeah. And I was so such in shock. And I'm such a, like, a princess because I'm always, like, I care how I look and all of that. And then to have my nose freaking messed up like this was, like, you know, I was, like, in shock, basically. And then I had to skip the next training just because psychologically I was not ready to come back. But then yeah. I, I went to another one and something happened. Like they switched to the location and they moved to another place or something like that. And I sort of lost contacts. But at the same time, I feel like I, di- I didn't really push hard enough to come back to rugby just because they messed me up so bad. Um, I don't know. just reminded me of how I like how I yeah. dropped that sport. <laughs> I, it's a big regret of mine that I never fully dedicated myself to fighting because mm-hmm. I honestly think like I could have been I could have been decent like decent as in you know I could have just won a few fights you know as mm-hmm. a whether as an amateur or as a low-level pro you right. know I, right. I think I could have won some fights you know obviously 25 there's a lot of time left I can still mm-hmm. have it you think in 25 you can come back like you can yeah get, get definitely yourself in shape. definitely all, all I got to do is get myself in shape and spar mm-hmm. really because I already know what I'm doing Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'll just get better getting back in shape. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I can still do a few fights to kind of check off the bucket list. Mm-hmm. And, you know, do you think it's worth it though? Like, yeah. I mean, you definitely. can get messed up. I though. mean, the thing is, like, anyone can go down to Mexico and pay, <laughs> pay $100 to fight someone. Uh-huh. Like, you just want to do that? Just kind of want you want that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to just knock over, you know, for lack of a better term, a bum. Yeah. But I just want to get that experience uh-huh. of, you know, being in the ring, having a pro fight. I think yeah. it would be really interesting. And, like, I, I, it's kind of weird, but, like, I don't even mind getting hit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I'm not I'm not great defensively. I take shots right on the nose. Right. And, uh, but, yeah, it doesn't really bother me all that much. And one of the weird things is, you know, I'm, like, 5'5", five, five, so not very big. So in terms of, like... All my experience in uh, the gym and a few fights, I've never gone against someone actually my size. Mm-hmm. It's all been like bigger guys, guys like 10, 15, 20 pounds heavier. Damn. So I think it would be interesting to actually, you know, test myself against some guys uh, that are my size, even if, you know, they suck. I just right. think it would be a good experience. And that would be fair at least, you know, like yeah. to, to fight someone your size. Man, that, that's what I was always wondering because the more I am in boxing and the more I talk to boxers, you know, and they're, they're, they're a different, you know, breed of people, you know, there's just like, you can feel that power in them. But at the same time, like, and 
I mean it, you know, and I'm in, I'm on some teams, you know, just, just kind of like a side guy, right? I'm just like there for like to do some translation, do some, you know, other things. Um, and, and so are other people, right? So are like, you know, including everyone. But then there's this one fighter, right? Everyone's like running around them for like, you know, for in, for the entire career and for the fight week and all that. But at the end of the day, he needs to step into the ring. Exactly. And Mike Tyson said it best. Like I just I just saw his conference again, press conference, like one of the past ones. And he's like, boxing is the lonely loneliest sport. Like it's the loneliest sport. Like there's no one. Like once you're in the ring, like it's just you. And there's the other guy, and he wants to kill you. And then like you know, with all these fatalities and all of that that happened recently, and I'm just thinking like mentally like that's what you say like you want to get in the ring to like really get that experience like mentally this is like some different level this is not volleyball this is not handball yeah. this is not basketball yeah. there's, there's no team sport it's not even fencing or whatever this is literally the most savage primitive sport where you literally need to go there and destroy other person's head yeah. like if you know put it i mean of course there's a lot of boxing science i don't want to disrespect anything about boxing there's a lot of science behind it in terms of like how you move and like technique and all of that it's it's, it's huge yeah. but at the end of the day it's getting punched in the face and punching other person in the face and that just that mentality and when that person punches you in the face like you have to punch back you cannot just run away and that's what um i just watched the joe rogan with uh uh, Hollyfield uh, podcast, and and they were talking about Deontay Wilder, and uh, um, Holyfield like spoke highly of Wilder because of his confidence. So when yeah. he was fighting Ortiz, you know he was, you know Ortiz really was winning there, like beating him and all that. And and he's like, well, Wilder is actually really confident. You know, we he gets hit like this, but he still moves forward yeah. and hits back. And that's just on your instinct level. I feel like when something is hitting you in the face, you're like instant, uh, you know action reaction is just like to go away to like protect yourself to not you know get go, go forward and just that mental break that you need to do to actually forego all of your instincts that were developing for like yeah. millions of years and actually hit back while you're still getting hit in the face that's what boxing is and so that's why it's so hard and i just feel like that's why it's another level so it, it ain't no basketball yeah i mean kind of have to have a screw loose yeah you know, but yeah. The feeling of hitting someone, it's like a sensation. Yeah. You know, honestly, last time I fought it was in 10th grade. Um, it was great. It was a great fight. Um, blood and all. And, and Who won? Honestly, and it's, it was actually a draw because they called the police and we all ran oh, away. Okay. And, but we, like, we messed each other up really well. Like, you know, it's, it was pretty good. And I, I've got some shots there. He got some shots there. It was like, it was a great fight. Like, my friends still come up to me and they talk about that fight, like, how, how great it was. Uh, but I'm actually glad that there was no cell phones at that time, or, like, there were, but no one was filming or something. I don't know. I just, like, I, I don't like to have those kind of moments filmed. But still, it was a great fight, and we became really good friends. It was my classmate. But anyways, it's, I just, what I, what I, rem- I don't remember any, like, sensation when you hit. It's just that adrenaline rush. Yeah. You know, we're going to fight after school. Okay, cool. But, like... We have like two more uh, lessons to go, two more classes. And so you're sitting there and you feel that adrenaline rush before the fight. Like you're just sitting there shaking like, oh, shit, it's about to go down. It's about to go down. And then the school is finally over and you need to get your coat and jacket, remember. And you just need to go like behind the uh, behind the buildings. We have like old Soviet stuff there and, and you have to meet with the person and all. It's just like that adrenaline rush, that scare, that fear. That's what I remember. And then once the fight starts, it's just like, you got to go. <laughs> it's just, yeah. But, man, yeah. Have you fought at school? 
Yeah, I mean, I didn't get into school fights past like the age of twelve. Uh-huh. I don't. Well, I mean, in Canada, they're probably more regulated. Like, you don't, you don't, you shouldn't like. I, I don't mean, know. there's still there's still lots of fights. Yeah, I see. Like in American high schools, I see I see this video on Twitter. Like yeah. they're they're really crazy. Like they actually mess each other up. Like even heavily more heavily than in in Russia. I would say like there's just some. I don't know. It's, I don't know. I mean, everyone's it's, it's kids. You know, they don't understand. I mean, fighting is bad. By the way, don't don't fight anyone. Excuse me. Um, my father just called. Like completely, like broke my vibe. Anyways. So yeah, what were we talking about? I forgot. Fighting. Right. No, I know, but like uh, school fights. Oh, like well, you said when you hit someone, you have the sensation. Yeah. Yeah. So what? That's what you're craving for? That sensation? You just want to hit someone and feel that? Yeah, like? pretty much. I mean, that's why a lot of people like combat sports. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. All right. So let's go back to you being 16, and you, you're you're writing all these articles, yeah. and and okay. So you wrote your first article. When did you realize that you actually can do it? Like you're actually, you know, like that, that there's something in it. Probably when I was 16. Right. I mean, the thing about me is I've always had a very, like, obsessive mind. And if, I, if I'm passionate about something, I'll go all in on it. Mm-hmm. Like, when I was, like, eight years old, I used to go to the library. Mm-hmm. And in, at that time, I was into hockey. So I would go. Oh, okay. I was wondering if you were into hockey. Yeah, when I was young. Kid. Okay, cool. Um, so I would go to the library, mm-hmm. and I'd take out this book. That's about this thick, okay? Mm-hmm. It's a statistics book. Damn. And I used to read all these hockey st- statistics and memorize. Oh, okay, that and kind of statistics. Because yeah. my, my uh, instinct is like the stats, like the, the freaking macroeconomics and econometrics. Like, yeah, so much. I used to memorize all these hockey statistics okay, cool. and read these hockey books and uh-huh. all that kind of stuff. And I basically do the same thing boxing, really. Uh-huh. So, so you just like started like just learning about fighters and get their stats and all of that, and you realize like, okay, you can navigate through that. Yeah, one thing I've learned a lot is it's one thing to be able to you know watch all these fights and memorize all this stuff, but if you can't evaluate what you're watching and what you're reading, mm-hmm. you know the proper way, then it doesn't mean anything. And that's that's like the best people. You know, in the boxing industry, they're able to make those evaluations. So, elaborate on that. What do you mean by uh, evaluations? Like, how do you evaluate? It's like stuff like determining is this amateur going to make a good pro. So, let's talk about this. How do you know that? Like, let's let's say we have an amateur from Kazakhstan, and his name is yeah. Kairat. Yeah. What do you look at? Well, I want to look at his style. I want to look at his mentality. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the style. So, what kind of styles do you? Well, like, I mean, I don't want to go super into it, but like. Talk about like some a good example of a of, of a guy that has this has the package the full package well, triple G. Well, yeah. okay, let's that's like a that's that's an easy one. Well, let's talk about a prospect, for example. When you look at the the amateur, well, Sadruddin Akhmedov. Okay, yeah, we were talking about him before, but like I said, he won the World Youth Championship, which is eighteen and under in mm-hmm. twenty sixteen, and he always had a had a pro style, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, he's got. Flair, he's a high octane kind of fighter. He's got good reflexes. He's fast, and one of the really important things he's got power. Mm-hmm. And then outside the ring, marketability mm-hmm. very important. You know, mm-hmm. he has his already has his own brand and logo and slogan mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Like, so marketability is actually something that I'm very interested in boxing. Like, I'll be honest with you, I think that's the most outside the actual fight. Marketing is something that's really 
like I'm really curious about I'm really passionate about how you how do you market a boxer because because I'm dealing with all these boxers well not all these I'm I'm dealing with a couple of boxers that are from you know um eastern europe or central asia yeah and so the the question is how do you you know because triple g is a special case you know he knows english and he he's he's a good looking guy i mean he he crushes people right so i mean it's it's great but there we have other people who are you know not as marketable right who are for example a little bit shy a little bit introverted and all of that so how do you see marketing for the newcomers from eastern europe and central asia what do you need to work on with them do you need to explain it to them do you think that you, they need to understand like what they're getting into yeah i mean that's what agis klimas he uh-huh. definitely tells these guys that you need charisma yeah obviously charisma, exactly learning the language helps a lot being open with the media is a big thing big thing and you know being willing to do, to do the media rounds mm-hmm. you know to uh, put that time in because mm-hmm. you know if a lot of guys if you just show that you hate hate doing media then the media aren't gonna spend too much time on you and exposure is yeah. everything you know especially in the this digital right age it's all about getting the exposure i gotta tell you like doing some media events next to a fighter for like two straight days talking to um journalists and video cameras and i'm just right behind them like translating and all of that it's a huge uh, physical labor to yeah. like just do that and answer those questions and the questions are the same and you have to like be presentable to everyone and respectable and all of that so it's definitely a commitment it's not like you just talk to a reporter and, and you're like you're good with the media it definitely takes some some toll like you dedicate your time um which means you dedicate your physical abilities you know you're skipping training or you maybe skipping a meal or something like that so so yeah but i agree with you i mean charisma and respect for the media and getting that exposure especially it's so it's so easy i think to get that exposure even right now with all the social media yeah you know you you, you don't have to have a journalist around you. you 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 have your phone and you just start recording yeah i think what i like as well israel madrimov does it a lot he turns on his instagram he turns out he turns on instagram live and he literally just talks to people he just replies and it's like hey salam alaikum like and he's just like you know, getting some phone calls. He's just like replying to their questions and all that. He really does this fan interaction. Yeah, I mean, Madrimov is another good example of a guy like that because mm-hmm. he kind of gets it. And uh, you know, I don't. I guess I don't want to go too far into technical boxing talk. But hard. you can, you, if you feel like it's appropriate, you can do it. I mean, but a guy like a guy like Madrimov is where, obviously, in terms of talent, you know, he's got it. He's got the natural physical strength he's got the willingness and the mentality and the thing is with a lot of these amateurs you really gotta not be fooled by the flair and mm-hmm. the flash because with a salt of mortality at the end of the of the fight <laughs> <laughs> yeah like th- there's a lot of these you know top amateurs they're real flashy they're real good at distance right and then you take them out of that comfort at distance and they mm-hmm. completely fall apart and that's what happens to a lot of these guys and the pros, you have to look at their style and how it's going to adapt mm-hmm. to the pros and whether they're willing to adapt, whether they have a trainer that's going to teach them mm-hmm. how to adapt. You know, we see with, you know, your compatriot, like Daniel Yelusinov, mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. had he's had problems with Yeah, him. what do you think about him? Yeah, I mean, the guy's like 28, almost 29. Oh, I thought he's younger. No, and it seems like he hasn't figured this stuff out yet because he was such a great amateur. Mm-hmm. But again, that doesn't mean you're going to be a great pro. And he was 
pretty much fighting exclusively at range when he tries to go in the pocket. He doesn't know mm-hmm. how the proper positioning to fight in the pocket. Mm-hmm. In the pros, he's pulling out with his head back like they do in the amateurs all the time. You mm-hmm. know, jumping in, jumping out, especially with the backhand. And, you know, that stuff works great in the amateur. So who's supposed to explain that to him? Is there supposed a to be trainer. a new trainer? Like, yeah. hey, like, okay, amateurs is over. Here's how you do it. Here's it. Yeah. Okay. And, and do you think they're not doing this right now? Or, like, he's just not getting it? Uh, How does I don't, I'm not in, I'm not, yeah, a, I don't yeah. like making general statements about what the trainers, because yeah. at the end of the day, I'm not in the gym. Right. Looking at them. Right. But yeah, he hasn't, it's not just him. It's actually most top amateurs nowadays from most mm-hmm. countries. Mm-hmm. They just aren't being taught how to fight at multiple ranges. Mm-hmm. You know, they aren't being taught variations of, mm-hmm. of, their game like variations of rhythm variations of speed feints mm-hmm. all of this kind of sophisticated stuff it's more just one layer that they know from the amateurs and then they mm-hmm. have to, they're not adding a bunch of more layers here's what i think the boxers should understand professional boxers when you are transitioning from amateurs to professional boxing you have to understand like the boxer itself the the, the, the performer right needs to understand that you are the performer and you're the main actor in this theater and the ring is the stage and yeah. people come here not to like just see the sporting events they're here to see the show and hence like you have all this you know uh, shorts with like strazes and, and you know all this like you know pretty girls in the ring and all of that yeah. it's it's a performance it's a show and you are the main actor and your main job in the professional boxing outside of being a good boxer is to entertain the crowd That's what I think. Because that's what drives uh, the market. That's what pushes the needle. I guess they say it in English. But that's just my personal opinion. Like in my like, I guess, five year like following the the sport is like, that's what people would like to see. That's why, you know, it's it's such an important, it's it's so important to do like the proper matchmaking and the proper promotion as well. And I feel like that's that part needs to be really understood by every boxer especially if you're coming from outside america in america it's kind of like already given like they sort of understand it you know the charlo brothers or whatever but if you're like from from belarus let's say and you're just this boxer who's like really good amateur and he just like okay like i have this this guy just called me up and say like oh we're gonna pay you a bunch of money like a lot of money to come to america and fight like you have to really understand like what the market wants. Where is the demand? And it's not for you like, oh, to tap, tap, tap and dance and, and that's it. Like it's boring. Like some fights are just boring and they're not selling. Yeah. That that's what like as in from the marketing perspective, that's what I really want each uh prospect to understand. Especially when they come from abroad. Yeah, well you gotta you got gotta make people care about you. Exactly. And the best way to do that is to perform in the ring. I mean, that's the tried and true formula. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, we've seen with you know a lot of guys, Triple G, Kovalev, guys like that. You know, if you can perform in the ring at an elite, you know, elite level, like they did, then you know that's that's how you get. Obviously, that's how you get to the top in the ring. But even outside the ring, that's how they got there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. So, what do you do now? Like, how do you uh, basically? Uh, evolved into like this sort of uh, oracle of that's how i see you like about like oh let's talk with ryan about amateurs you know he he probably knows he's following everyone like how do you, how eventually you got into the industry for real well i mean it probably started 
when I really fully realized I could do something, it was probably, I told you this story last night. I think it was mm-hmm. about Steve Kim. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we just talked on Twitter a bunch and he's like, Hey, come write for my site, UCN live. Mm-hmm. And then I started writing some stuff on there. And then, uh, I thought, okay, let's try to be a boxing writer. Mm-hmm. And then I quickly realized, nah, this ain't for me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I had like people in the industry started contacting me and asking all these kind of questions about stuff. And I'm like, look, if like some top people in the industry are asking me, you know, questions and help, why can't I do this myself? And right. why can't I make something from it? Mm-hmm. So, and that's what I would want to do anyway, mm-hmm. you know, uh, pursue my passion. Because mm-hmm. honestly, I'm not really interested in working a normal job, right? working a nine to five. I'm just So just, just a second. All right, so you're realizing that you're not down with the whole nine to five job thing. No, like that just that just doesn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. I I don't I can't do something I'm not interested in. Mm-hmm. Like I've done that before, and it's you know it's just it's just not for me. That's not the life I want to live. You know I like doing what I want right. when I want. Right. Hey, I'm into that because I'm I'm really supporting that idea, and I'm and I'm recently sort of realizing the same thing. Yeah, and even like in terms of, you know, it's it's not just boxing. Even in terms of business, like I'm, I'm learning so many things lately, mm-hmm. just from, I guess, getting older and and wiser and mm-hmm. how I can, how I can kind of do things mm-hmm. without you know just being tied down to a job mm-hmm. and living that kind of life, you know. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm guessing right now, like you have different sort of uh, people in the industry reaching out to you for uh, for your consultation and uh, for your opinion. Is 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 that a correct statement? Yeah, basically. I mean, like, I think uh, you're kind of blowing me out of proportion, to be honest with you. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm on. I'd say I'm I'm on the brink of you know some pretty big things. Um, you know, there's certain people that you know I've helped and certain mm-hmm. people that I'm helping that you know are, are pretty big and influential figures that have helped mm-hmm. me a lot and you know uh, really pushed me forward and I think you know some of those relationships are really starting to pay off soon obviously what you said about consultation yeah that's definitely one thing mm-hmm. what I believe uh, you know about to start branching out into is kind of recruiting Uh, scouting right scouting is what you're doing right now as well right it's yeah basically and that leads to managing which is mm-hmm. the ultimate goal so that's your that's your aim yeah to, that's becoming boxing manager yeah and like i'm not under any false illusions of what that is i know exactly how tough of a business that is mm-hmm. and and everything but i know there's there's certain things that are going to be in play mm-hmm. that mean that uh give me the opportunity to pursue that wow this is great hey um thanks so much for coming and uh you know crashing at my place exactly, and uh yeah. giving me your time to record this podcast uh it's a little it's a little you know there's like some rough uh <laughs> rough patches in this podcast so i'm gonna be do some i'm gonna be doing some editing but so far like i'm really enjoying this conversation and uh um this this was a great episode i feel like and you're such a great guy so thanks so much for coming and uh i wish you all the best And uh, hopefully you'll come again and we'll talk to you more about, you know, how your career progresses. Absolutely. Like I said before, hopefully I'm moving to Toronto 
next year, if that happens, you may see me again on the Azizi podcast. Perfect. Is there um, anywhere where people can read your stuff or follow you on your social media? Yeah, my Twitter is, uh, you can just search my name, or the username is RIAN5CA. Facebook, I guess, if you want to add me on Facebook, <laughs> RIANSEALIA. Same thing on Instagram. And uh, that's pretty much it. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, this was a ZZ podcast with my friend Ryan Scalia. Thank you so much for watching and for listening. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, watch us on YouTube, and uh, do the whole other things. Spotify, Stitcher, Quicker, all the, all the platforms. I think we are there. If we're not, shoot me a text message. Message me on Twitter and we'll, we'll fix it. Alrighty. Thank you. Goodbye.